Dayton has been among the most unlucky teams in college hoops the past couple of years. Can they turn their luck around and fly into the big dance in 2024? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there, part, of course, of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Andy Patton. He is Isaac Shade. want to thank all of you for making this show your first listen or your first watch of the day and remind you that today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. Folks, we are continuing, and by continuing, I should say finalizing, completing our conference preview series. This is it. This is it. 32 conferences in college basketball, done and dusted today as we discuss the Atlantic 10 Conference to round out the conference preview series. Isaac, we started this in early September, and it has been two months of grinding and reading about every conference in college basketball, learning about the transfers, the newcomers, the freshmen. It has been an incredibly fun experience, and I'm excited to round it out with what I think is a really exciting and fun conference to talk about here. And massive. Yes. Massive conference. <laughs> yeah, I have conference with 15 teams in it. And yet, despite being a conference that has traditionally put multiple teams into the big dance, I think the big storyline for the A-10 this year is whether they are going to continue to be a multi-bid league. Because the A-10, again, has historically been able to put multiple teams, whether it's Dayton, VCU, St. Louis has been in that conversation, St. Joe's, like they've had. What up, Jameer Nelson Sr.? We just talked about his kids the other day. Andy, we're so old. It's wild. (laughs) I know. I feel it. It's rough. Um, So, yeah, let's start there, Isaac. Is the A-10 this year trending towards being a multi-bid league? And do you what do you think would need to happen for them to have two teams in the big dance? Uh, I would say no, that they're trending all things normal, trending toward being a single bid league. And for me, that's Dayton. I, I think that's the only team that can do it. And we'll we'll talk more about them uh, as you Boiler alert. off the cold open there. Um, but the the if I'm being honest, which I think we should, people don't like it when you lie. Also, it's a sin. Uh, Andy is the only way the A-10 gets multi-bids this year to the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament is if Dayton gets upset in the conference tournament and we have a bid thief, but mm-hmm. even so Andy, I'm not convinced that Dayton's going to do enough to get yeah. an at large themselves. And, and uh, you might not feel the same. And I, I, I just, they might be able to, but as I look at it, you know, a week and a half out of the season, I don't, I don't even know that Dayton will be at that level. I mean, uh, pre where are they? Ken Palm preseason, like 69. That, yeah. That's not at large territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dayton's really interesting. I'm looking at their schedule right now to try to see if they have enough marquee non-conference oh, wins that they good. could pick up. And there's some okay ones. They got some Power Five teams on the schedule, but it's, it's Northwestern on the road. It's LSU, uh, SMU, who's not quite a Power Six team yet. Uh, <laughs> UNLV, you know, a, a good but not great Mountain West team. They got Cincinnati. Like, it's not a bad schedule by any stretch of the imagination, but they can't lose any of those games. And even if they win all now in the Charleston classic, they could play St. John's in the second round. It's possible. They play Houston, depending on how things shake out. Certainly if they were to upset Houston, that would be massive. Even if they upset St. John's, that probably helps significantly. But I think that 
Dayton is probably going to be in the NCAA tournament, but if they drop a couple of games in the non-conference, a couple of games in the regular, I mean, if they're a five loss team and they don't win the conference tournament, they're probably on the outside looking in. And and, and I think the A-10 is a very strong basketball conference. It has continued to be a strong conference, but there's not enough top end talent in the conference right now for me to believe that unless Dayton is basically flawless until they lose one or two games and then they also lose in the conference tournament maybe you get a bid thief and Dayton still sneaks in at large but honestly I think you're right they're trending towards being a a one bid league again yeah I mean I was just look as you were talking there as you were mentioning the strength of schedule I just looked at what is projected as things stand right now Mm -hmm. um without you know as you said those games that aren't necessarily scheduled yet they've got five D1 game or uh, five quad one games and eight quad two games as it's projected right now at Torvik. And so, um, Andy, I don't know that that's enough to, to get what you need from a quality of schedule standpoint. So we will wait and see there. Um, Andy, one of the other really interesting things uh, this year is, as we know, the NCAA is kind of drilling down on two time transfers, being harsher on that. And uh, SLU, St. Louis University right now, is getting hit with that. Uh, they already knew they would be waiting on um, a waiver from for Brad Ezawiro, uh, who had been previously at LSU in Georgetown, one of their big guys. Mm-hmm. But also they learned earlier this week that they were waiting uh, on two international guys to be cleared as well. That's Stefan Bussel, uh, who from his name you can probably tell is Dutch. He's a 6'10 guy. Mm-hmm. And Abu Magasa, who is French, 6'7". Well, the problem is they also have an injury to freshman um, Bruce Zhang from mm-hmm. China, who is seven foot tall. That's all their centers, Andy. So they had uh, an exhibition game last mm-hmm. night uh, as we record this on Wednesday, October 25th, and didn't have any of their centers available. So here's what they had to do. They had to start at center 6'5", Terrence Hargrove. What <laughs> on earth, Andy? It's wild. So all this to say... Um, th- I hadn't really processed the potential of kind of nationally trouble getting some of these international guys mm-hmm. uh, available and, and cleared to play this year, but maybe we're going to see as we get into this week before games start uh, some more of these international issues pop up. So that's something we're all going to be needing to watch for, but specifically for St. Louis between the two time transfer they're waiting on and these two international guys, plus Zhang's knee injury, uh, which hopefully he's healthy sooner than later. It sounds like he will be from Coach Ford. Uh, Slew's got some uh, front court issues, Andy Patton. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I, we were seeing some more of these international issues crop up. The most notable one was Vonimir Visich for for Kentucky. That's right. That's right. And, but there's going to be more of them. There's always going to be some challenge with international players. They have certain tests they have to pass. Like it's always kind of been one of those things that is an issue. But not not very many teams are heavily recruiting internationally. We are seeing it kind of tick up more. Certainly UCLA, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Arizona are teams that have done more of it in, in recent years. But that combined with the the delay in the NCAA waivers. And I think a lot of players were expecting the NCAA wouldn't be as lenient. So I think there are a lot of players who, or even coaching staffs who maybe were more prepared for guys to get waivers who are now realizing they're probably not going to. And I think that will change in time. If the NCAA truly cracks down on the two waivers and really doesn't give a lot of waivers out for two-time transfers, I think you'll see coaches not 
prepare for that as much. But this is just kind of a, a hurricane of circumstances for SLU with injuries, international guys, and two-time transfers kind of all uh, con- all coming together at once to kind of create a, a, a really a, a worst-case scenario for them. Hopefully, the Billikens will will get at least some of those guys back in, in action shortly, so they don't have to start six foot five guys <laughs> at center going forward. Uh, the next topic, Isaac, that I want to talk about is Loyola Chicago because Loyola Chicago joined the conference last year and there was this expectation that, Hey, they're going to, you know, they're going to be able to compete right away. A a program that had been very solid prior to that drew Valentine, excellent coach. Of course, they went on that deep run in the NCAA tournament a few years back, but they kind of fell on their face. If we're being perfectly honest, they went four and 14 in the a 10 adjusting to new conference, uh, new schedule, new opponents, you know, new referees, all that stuff that comes with joining a new conference. But now we got to see what they're made of. We got to see what this program is capable of doing. All five of their starters average 9.4 or more points per game at the D1 level. They got a couple guys coming over from the Ivy League. This is a team that has depth, they have experience, and I'm really curious to see how Valentine and the Ramblers respond to a pretty disappointing season in the A10 because I think there's a real chance that this team I'm not I'm not I don't think they're going to beat Dayton, beat VCU necessarily, but they could go from being 4 and 14 to a top 5 team and that's a really fun story to to keep an eye on here in the A10. Well, Andy, all you need to know is that Sister Jean leaves lives on <laughs> and uh as long as she's around and kicking, man, yeah. the Ramblers are going to ramble right along. No, it it was weird last year, Andy, mm-hmm. after they had had all this success. Yeah. I I honestly don't think like transitioning conferences like like Houston they're not mm-hmm. going to struggle i mean they'll lose more than they did yeah. in the AAC sure. with uh with FAU they're i mean they're predicted to win the conference this year as they mm-hmm. move into into the AAC from CUSA like i don't really think that is too much at play here i just think Loyola wasn't as good last year mm-hmm. right? I, I think sometimes that's all it is yeah. and so you know we look at it uh look, i'm looking right now back at the uh preseason poll they are eighth predicted by the the coaches um ahead Mm -hmm. of this year and so that's going to be interesting to see i mean i think they there's nowhere to go but up right uh i would probably we'll get to our tiers in a little bit so i don't want to spoil too much of that but yeah i i think it gets ahead uh of where they were last year getting back to that and coach valentine i I think We'll have figured some things out this offseason and have the Ramblers right back and going. Speaking of coaches, Andy, there are two coaching changes in the A-10 this year in the form of Tony Skin at George Mason and Ryan Odom coming to VCU. Um, both of these men, Andy, here is a trivia question for you. Both of these men have been part of a major NCAA tournament Cinderella story. One is a player. One is a coach. Do you know what those two things were? I know one of them. I know Tony Skin was on that George Mason team that went to the Final Four under Coach Jim Laranega back in 2006. Is that what it was? Yep. Um, Yep. So I remember Tony Skin was on that team. I do not know what specific uh, game we're talking about with Ryan Odom, though. Uh, Ryan Odom, as you know, was the head coach at Utah State previously Mm -hmm. before this. But before that, Andy, here is a massive clue for you. He was at UMBC. Oh, I have a feeling I know when he was at UMBC then. <laughs> 2018. What yeah. happened in 2018, Andy Patton? Don't tell the Virginia fans, but uh, they lost. Well, I, the Virginia fans, I think, are fine with it because of what happened the year after that. Well, yeah. Which uh, Purdue is – all the Purdue fans here are sitting there hoping they get the same treatment this year. Yeah, Ryan Odom was the head coach of UMBC the year they upset 
Virginia, the first ever 16 to beat a one. Obviously, he is Dave Odom's son, famed legendary coach there. Andy, it's time for us to get to those tiers we just talked about a second ago, trying to figure out the uh, makeup of this conference this year, as well as each of our picks for regular season champion and the conference tournament champion. Dayton's the favorite to win it. But will they earn that conference auto bid? We talked some about that already. Going to be fun to see what happens. We're going to give you our thoughts in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and our sportsbook betting partner here at the Locked On Network. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Andy, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. You can bet on all sorts of stuff spreads, player props, over-unders, or how about this? Here's the A-10 regular season champion odds for you to give you a little primer for the conversation we're about to have. Dayton is the favorite at plus 270. VCU next at plus 370. St. Bonaventure, 650. Go Bonnies, Duquesne at plus 750. And then Loyola at 1,000 and Slew at 1,100. I ain't giving you any more after that because it's just getting too long on the odds. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, folks, college basketball is literally just 10 days away. And if you're finally starting to think about going to some games, finding some time in your schedule to hit up some local college basketball, you're going to need some of those last minute tickets. And they're going to have tickets for you at game time with a good price. And you're going to be able to see what the view looks like from your seat right in the app. Game time is super fast and easy, and it's the perfect way to buy tickets for any event you're looking for. Football, basketball, music, comedy, theater, you name it, they've got it. In addition to the view from your seat feature, I also really like the lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. It makes me feel extremely comfortable to go ahead and buy those tickets whenever I'm feeling like going to an event. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app now, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, folks, continuing our A-10 conference preview, the final conference preview in what has been a two-month endeavor here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, previewing every single conference in America, getting ready for the college basketball season. We're going to talk A-10 here, and for those of you who have been listening to these consistent uh, conference previews, you know that we've been ranking these teams into tiers. Typically, Isaac ranks them in tiers, and I tell him why he's wrong, but today... We decided to flip the script. I put the teams into tiers. I'm going to read you the five tiers that I have here for the A-10 conference, and Isaac's going to have to pretend that I did something wrong, and he's going to tell me what he thinks. <laughs> I'm going to give Andy some that. tears on his face. <laughs> Starting with tier one, I, I think this is a pretty obvious one, Dayton and VCU. I have them locked in together, uh, but I think that they are kind of a step above. I think you could maybe make an argument for Dayton on their own, but to me, I think those two teams kind of stand out at the top. Is that you with me so far? Now, Andy, I, I w- I'm that's an interesting way to put that because I had thought initially too about Dayton as a standalone, mm-hmm. but I, I very much would put VCU right there with them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I got no problems with that. Yeah, even with the coaching change, I think VCU is still in that conversation. Got some fun guys coming over from Utah. State. Yeah, almost. And I think that's what it is. All the transfers that Coach Odom has brought in is mm-hmm. what does it for me. Absolutely. 
Tier two and three here. Tier two, I got the Bonnies, St. Bonaventure, as well as Duquesne and Fordham in tier two. And then following that up with tier three, where I have SLU, St. Louis, St. Joe's, as well as Loyola Chicago, those Ramblers, and then George Mason. So that's the, the I guess, seven teams between the tier two and tier three. Yeah, what, what's in, also, it's funny, in the uh, the preseason official poll for the A-10, mm-hmm. it's like uh, the first place votes, 20 to Dayton, mm-hmm. three to VCU, one to St. Bonaventure, those three teams at the top, and then Fordham is seventh, and they got one, yeah, uh, one vote. So, so somebody out there is getting a little wild with their preseason <laughs> voting in the A-10. Yeah, I mean, as the conversation we just had, if SLU can't get these guys healthy or available mm-hmm. – that they obviously fall a, a tier, maybe two there. Um, mm-hmm. a, as I look at that, um, the the one I might bring down to tier three is Fordham. Yeah. And if St. Honestly, if St. Louis uh, can bring all this together, I might just essentially Fordham. switch Fordham and SLU. But mm-hmm. again, that, that's not a massive issue. And so I'll let you slide on that one, Andy. Appreciate it. <laughs> tier four and tier five, six more teams to go here again. This is a big Big basketball conference. Uh, tier four, you got Richmond, Davidson, and George Washington. George Washington, a lot of success, but a lot of success last year, but a, a bunch of turnover for that roster. And then closing it out with tier five, Rhode Island, UMass, and LaSalle. What do you got? The the only one that I might ah, I'm I'm conflicted on George Washington. Yeah, me too. And and <laughs> and what's funny about it is I could see them going either way. Mm-hmm. With it, so for example, uh, you know, you've got them in tier four there at mm-hmm. Ken Palm, they're dead last in this yeah. conference. At Ken Palm, uh, in the preseason official poll, they were ninth. Let me look at Torvik at Torvik, uh, they're dead last there as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I would pro, I would was thinking lower, mm-hmm. but there are also some the coaches clearly think even yeah. more of George Washington than we do. So, mm-hmm. that I think that's the team I'm most conflicted on here. And mm-hmm. so, I think you've averaged it well. So I don't think I'd push back on you, but mm-hmm. it, that's where the conflict lies for me. Andy, here's the other thing that's weird. As you look at Torvik, have you looked at Bart Torvik, uh, the, his A-10 rankings? I haven't yet, no. He's got Dayton fourth oh. and Duquesne first. Interesting. Duquesne, Andy. I, I, so I'm and, – and Loyola is second. Mm-hmm. So, I, dude, I don't know. This conference, a lot could happen. Going to be interesting to see. But I think us as humans – it's got to be Dayton, got to be VCU, and maybe St. Bonaventure right there behind him. I think a part of it, too, and it could be part of a larger conversation, it felt to me, at least doing the research for this show, that the, the A-10 had a ton of transfers, just yes. a ton of transfers in. And so I think some of these rosters are are pretty significantly overhauled. I, I remember four or five teams that had three or four different new starters who are all transfers from different programs. So I do think that they're just a harder conference to pin down than yep. many of the other conferences. But certainly I think there's going to be some some wonkiness as we get into the regular season here for this conference, which should make it some, some really entertaining basketball. It should be. I think that's going to create some fun volatility. The coaches, it's going to frustrate them to death, but (laughs) we're going to see teams trying to figure out who they are. Speaking of all these, well, I know we'll get to the individuals in a second, Mm -hmm. but I love that there's so many high level players in this conference that are seconds, third and fourths in their, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 what do you call like after their name, like Mm -hmm. Andrew Patton, the 18th, like that kind of thing. We'll get a lot of that. Andy, let's go ahead and pick our regular season champs and our conference tournament champs. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for me, I'm going with Dayton in the regular season. Again, Deron Holmes is just so good. Malachi yep. Smith, when he's yep. healthy, I think is fantastic. I think not that is, Malachi Smith, right? Not the Malachi former Gonzaga Malachi Smith, but uh, yeah, I think Dayton's the most talented roster wise. I think they're well coached. I, I think this is a program that is is poised to potentially be uh, maybe not back in that conversation they were in 2020 before the COVID season was was uh, shortened. But I think they're going to be the best team in the conference. But I'm not picking them to win the conference tournament. What? I am digging my heels in that St. Bonaventure is going to catch them. I think this is a deep team. This is a talented team. This is a, a veteran-laden team, and I think there's a chance. And maybe we'll see if Dayton could still get an at-large. I think that's the only way it happens. We talked about that on the top of the show. But for me, give me Dayton in the regular season. Give me the Bonnies stealing a bid in the A-10 and, and putting themselves in the big dance. Woo, Andy, that's fun. I, I have Dayton as well in the regular season. The uh, the basketball gods, I've talked about this multiple times, the basketball gods owe the Dayton Flyers for <laughs> COVID and for all the injury issues last year. Um, somewhere OB Toppin is amening me as I'm talking there. <laughs> um, I'm also going to keep them for the conference tournament champs. I just think they're so, like, w- with that talent that you talked about, yes. Mm-hmm. However, if all these two, we just talked about it with VCU and all these transfers that they've brought in. If, if coach Odom can get all those dudes together yeah. and it become like a legit cohesive roster, which sometimes there's this, Hey, we're all new here. Let's just circle the wagons. We're all together. If they can find that, man, I can see them pulling that off, but I do have Dayton as my pick. Andy, only six of those 18 all conference players are back. So who are going to be the newcomers and how many teams will go dancing in the A-10? We'll tell you about that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Prize Picks, which offers weekly promotions which can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday when Prize Picks discount selected player projections up to 25% to give you even more value in your selections. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. In fact, they're the only daily fantasy sports platform that offers this injury insurance. And it's a crazy easy platform to utilize. You just pick two or more players across any sport, and then you look at the projected stat that's associated with that player, and you just pick more or less. If you pick right, you win. Way to go. For example, Steph Curry's sitting on the board right now at two and a half made threes. You think it's going to be more, which you should. You go with that. Or I love when they do these combo packages. Trey Young, 39 and a half, more or less, combined points, rebounds, and assists. That's so fun. Andy was just telling me he gets it wrong all the time. And so maybe you want to do better than Andy. If you want to try that out, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Andy, it's time to get into our individual awards. As I was just saying, uh, most of last, last year's guys are gone. Four of the six first-teamers are gone, like Ace Baldwin Jr. off to Penn State. Josh Aduro mm-hmm. gone off to Providence. Makes a lot of sense following his right? Kim English heading off to George Mason there. And so uh, we look back, and we've, as I just said a second ago, only six back, two of the first-teamers, three of the second-teamers, and just one Daryl Banks coming back from the third team. That said, Andy, let me give you the official – a-10 preseason first team. I'm not reading that second team 
we got six guys on both, so we're not quite in the Pac-12 territory, but I do have some issues with the A-10 giving us too many. Here we go. Dayron Holmes, Dayton. Day-Day Grant, what a rad name from Duquesne. James Bishop the fourth from George Washington. Daryl Banks the third from St. Bonaventure. Eric Reynolds, two from St. Joe's. And Gibson Jimerson from St. Louis. Andy, as you hear and see that list, what do you have in common and where do you diverge? Yeah, I think I have a, I have a lot of the same guys. And it's funny because we talked about how many marquee transfers there are coming into the conference. And I do think that there are going to be a lot of really impactful players coming in. But for me, four of my five guys on my all-conference first team are returnees, uh, starting with Deron Holmes, of course, from Dayton. Uh, I also have Gibson Jimerson from St. Louis. I think he takes on a bigger role with Yuri Collins out the door, and I think yep. that'll lead to some nice uh, production from him. James Bishop the fourth from George Washington, fantastic scoring guard for them. Eric Reynolds from St. Joe's. Uh, Eric Reynolds the second, I should say, from St. Joe's. And then I do have one transfer on my first team, a guy who wasn't listed in the preseason polls, uh, maybe a bit of a wild card, as it were, and that's Dame Adelikin from Loyola, Chicago, uh, transfer from Dartmouth, put up some really big numbers. I think uh, there's a really intriguing way that I think the Ramblers are going to use him, and I think it could lead to him putting up some big numbers and potentially being a guy who could sneak into this conversation as a bit of a dark horse. I love it. I feel like with a name like James Bishop the Fourth, you have to be <laughs> awesome. It's kind of like Wade Taylor the Fourth at Texas exactly. A&M. You you can't be quad and uh, not be an out, outright dude. So Andy, the only one I have different than yours is uh, I have all those guys: Holmes, Bishop, Reynolds, and Jimerson. And then I'm going with Duquesne's Day Day Grant. Yeah. So. Uh, you talked about all these great transfers. You're going four out of five guys returning. All mm-hmm. five of mine yeah. are returners from last season. Pretty wild stuff there. And, of course, uh, the A-10 thankfully made it easy on me. You know, I said I got some issues because they got six on their on their first and second team. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They're following that Isaac Shade model. They're all from different teams on the first team. So, <laughs> A-10, you're back in my good graces. Uh, <laughs> love it there. So, Andy, which of these guys, and I think it's probably pretty obvious who yeah. we're both going with, is your player of the year for the A-10. It's got to be Holmes. It's got to be Deron Holmes no, from Dayton. I, he's a, a potentially a top 20 player in college basketball. I think if, if you're going to pick a uh, an All-American who's not coming from a Power 6 program, not coming from Gonzaga, uh, I think Holmes is kind of the guy. Like He's the most likely candidate to be in that conversation. 18-8 and eight last year, checked out the NBA draft waters, comes back to Dayton, going to put up similar numbers, if not better numbers for the Flyers. I think he's kind of the runaway choice for, for player of the year. Yeah, same for me. I, I love it. He does it on both ends of the court, not mm-hmm. just the score, and that makes him jump up all the more in my book. Andy, what about coach of the year? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Drew Valentine. I kind of talked up Loyola Chicago a handful of times already in the show. I think this is a team that wasn't very good last year, like you said, that certainly maybe had some some adjustment issues coming into the A-10. But to me, uh, they they got some some key transfers in, some guys coming over from uh, – we, we talked about Adelikin there from Dartmouth, uh, Charles Pride coming over as well. And I think this is a team that's going to make some serious noise and potentially be, uh, you know, maybe not – top three, maybe, maybe top five somewhere in there, but I think they're, they're going to do enough to, to potentially, um, I mean, certainly improve on a four and 14 record. And that's probably enough for, for Valentine to get some consideration for this award. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like this is like that transition year where they're trying to get back to where they've been the last couple before making Mm -hmm. that big leap next year. I'm going with Ryan Odom from VCU coming in. I know it's a brand new coach. 
Um, sometimes it's like, so that makes them not necessarily a, a prime candidate to win this award, but sometimes it does. Uh, if I think because of the job he's going to do of bringing all these transfers together, if they are able to win, you know, knock off Dayton in the conference tournament, as I thought about as a potential, uh, I think that's kind of a no brainer there. Give me Ryan Odom. Andy, as we look at the transfers, uh, you had one on your first team. And so almost by definition, you got to go with him for your transfer of the year. Is that what you did? Yeah, Adelikin is the transfer of the year here from Loyola, Chicago. Uh, 13.8 points, 7.2 boards at Dartmouth last year. He's a really good passer. I think he was two and a half assists. And, and there's some kind of reporting that Loyola, Chicago, the Ramblers are going to use him in a role where he's kind of doing a lot of the facilitating for the team. Uh, they've done this before with previous bigs. And I think getting the opportunity to play this kind of facilitating role, uh, be a scorer, be a rim protector. He's a good outside shooter. He was over 40% last year from deep. I think that combination of skills for him is going to allow him to put up similar numbers to what he put up at Dartmouth, even if the A-10 is more competitive than the Ivy League. If he's averaging 14, 7, 2 and a half, shooting 40% from three, there's a lot of good transfers in this conference. But if he does that and the Ramblers climb up the rankings, he's absolutely going to be in the conversation for this award. I'm going with VCU's Max Shulga, who follows Coach Odom over from Utah State to VCU, as did, by the way, Sean Bearstow, excuse me, uh, last year out at Utah State, 11.9 points, four and a half rebounds, four assists, shot 82.4% from the line and 36.4% from three. Uh, if he brings that over and continues all that at VCU, it's a no brainer for me that Max Shulga is my transfer of the year. Well, moving over to freshman of the year. And before we do that, I want to say I, I mentioned Charles Pride as a transfer for Loyola Chicago. Charles Pride is actually a transfer for St. Bonaventure. So I want to just correct <laughs> that really quickly. As soon as I said it, I was like, uh, he's definitely in right. but I'm not sure if that's the right team. So regardless, we'll move on from that. Uh, freshman of the year for me, I'm going with Jacoy Hutchinson from George Washington, a six foot three guard coming from IMG Academy. Uh, he's 210th ranked, ranked guard, or excuse me, 210th ranked player in the class <laughs> of 24-7 sports. Um, a guy that is going to play behind some really talented guards for George Washington, probably going to come off the bench. There's not a whole lot of freshmen who are projected to be starters in the A-10 this year, but I think he's a guy who's going to get enough run and has enough talent to potentially put up the kind of numbers necessary to win this award. I'm going with Bruce Zhang from SLU. It's funny. I was already kind of eyeing him before mm -hmm. all this uh, news that we talked about earlier with the transfers or the international guys waiting on waivers. Seven footer from Nanchang, China. Uh, most recently, though, played at the Skill Academy in Atlanta. As long as he can get healthy quickly, I project him to have major minutes at the center. All the more if these other guys are on the shelf. And so I'm going with Zhang as my freshman of the year. Okay, Andy, we talked about this. Essentially, we're bookending the show with it. Mm -hmm. I'm putting the over-under for uh, A-10 teams in the NCAA tournament at one and a half. That's the lowest of our uh, our major 10 conferences here. Mm -hmm. Andy, over or under one and a half A-10 teams? Give me two. Give me two of them. I'm sticking with it. I'm saying that Dayton's going to do enough in their non-conference that even if they don't win the conference tournament, they still get an at-large bid. And I think St. Bonnie's is going to catch them. St. Bonnie's is going to steal that bid, get themselves an 11 seed or a 12 seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, Dayton's going to get like a play in 11 game. They're both going to be barely inside the field of 68, but I'm, I'm going to dig my heels in and tell you that there's going to be two teams from the A-10 in the big dance this year. I'm taking the under. Dayton's the only team for me. As I said, I have them winning the conference tournament. They get in. Nobody else does. And yeah, as you said, I think they're in that 10 to 11 range, assuming they win the tournament. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, I don't think they get in. I'm sticking to that. I'm digging my heels in. <laughs> 
Well, Isaac, golf claps for completing the conference preview series here. Like we said, started about two months ago. And officially, now that we're done with this, it means, folks, we're talking college hoops. We're talking real, actual basketball game results coming up very, very soon. Next week, we got bold predictions. We got mailbag questions. We got the biggest storylines heading into the season. All sorts of fantastic stuff coming your way right here on the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Let us know that you are here listening to the show. You can also join us on our new Discord channel. There is a link in the show notes on both audio and visual platforms. You can click there. It is free. We're going to be talking college basketball all season long right there. So check us out when you get an opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Apologies to the lawyers family. As always, go Wildcats. And until next time, peace out.